Welcome back to the Anxious Millennial Podcast, where I, your host, Alexandra Vincelli, explore everything mental health related and also interview both millennials and non-millennials about their self-care and entrepreneurship journeys. There's a quote that I really love, and it's by none other than Katie Couric, American journalist that we all know and love. And it goes like this, be fearless, have the courage to take risks. Go where there are no guarantees. Get out of your comfort zone, even if it means being uncomfortable. So why that quote, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you. Today's episode is a first for me. It's the very first time I have another Vincelli on the podcast. And today, it is my wonderful, ambitious, and empowering cousin, Erica Vincelli. Erica is what I call the family connector. Her laser green eyes may be intimidating to some, And it might have been intimidating to me at some time in my life, but admittedly, the more I got to know her, the more I learned about all the ways she truly did forge a path uniquely and truly all of her own. She taught English in Korea, was the kind of traveler that decided she wanted to work in Greece and live half the year, the cold Canadian half, on a boat in a much, much sunnier climate. Oh, And did I mention she bought her very first home at the age of 21, became an award-winning mortgage expert, and moreover, she continues to impress me with the way she explores the road less traveled. So, without further ado, welcoming Erica Vincelli to The Anxious Millennial. Well, thank you so much. It's actually an incredible honor to be here with you. And I'm so proud of you and happy for you with this exciting new venture and been listening a whole lot to your podcast. And just now it's just such a joy to be able to join you today. I'm glad it's listen. The honor is all mine. To be honest with you and the listeners, we had a pretty in-depth conversation, probably one of the most in-depth ones we've had throughout the history of our relationship. I mean, we've, we've known each other our whole lives. I've known you my whole life, (laughs) clearly, but that was one of the most illuminating conversations you and I have ever had, in my opinion, in any event, because every time we've got our events, you know, there's lots going on. There's lots of family around. We're trying to catch up with everyone, but that was truly a space that I was so grateful for to be able to connect with you on that level. So thank you for being here. So I'm going to jump right in because time is of the essence. So Erica, I need to know what is your word for 2023 and why? Well, I have one word for 2023, but I have like an overall life word. So my word for 2023 is regroup and regroup because, you know, I'm a mortgage agent and I've just come off of three years of I mean, craziness aside from it being a pandemic, but just, you know, the, the mortgage industry, the real estate industry just went crazy. And I knew coming into this year, it was going to be a bit of a different year. I wouldn't be able to just rely on, you know, clients just flooding to us. Um, you know, what we really had to do was re like regroup ourselves and see where the market is. What are the trends also help people because this is a time where people are, really nervous about the future there's not a lot of consistency there's not a lot of prediction um so you know we're just trying to navigate this this world that we're living in and the the rates and the inflation and everything so i knew that i had to regroup um from that perspective Mm -hmm. but i really do 
want to be more um, adaptable. That's my biggest, that's like one of my favorite words of everything, just like in life is adaptability. I think true success and power comes through the ability of being adaptable, because if you can adapt to any new situation, then you have a lot more, um, a lot more power, you know, your own power. So I like that. But regrouping was really 2023. I knew we would have to. <laughs> what are we going to do different? What are we going to do better? What are you know, where are we going to find the like the right clients, the right products for our clients, even in life with my friends and family regrouping with them, because now we are able to be more connected with one of that with, with one another. So regroup was regroup is my word. And it's going well, because we've regrouped pretty well. <laughs> really really powerful I know when we were talking offline you know regroup reinvent that 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 really lands um for so many reasons first of all I mean just you're right the volatility of where we're at economically I mean these are I mean I think we've been navigating very odd times for some time now and I know the position you're in you know being an entrepreneur in this kind of a climate must come with its really high highs, but there must be moments where it's like, damn, what is happening? What is this path I'm on? You know, we're all on our journeys, but I feel like this is why this is why we're doing this today is to be able to sort of pick one another's brains and, and talk really in depth about what it's like also to be a woman entrepreneur these days. So, um, so thank you for that. So Erica, being that we are familia, I need to know, we're also women, what would you have given as advice to the younger version of ourselves, knowing what we know today? You know, advice for the younger self, a lot of time it's just keep going because I think that we, I'm, I'm very pleased with the way that outcome has, you know, my outcome and where I'm at in my life. Um, I never really would have thought of it. I didn't know I was going to end up here. I mean, I always felt like I knew I'd be successful. I always felt like I would knew I would, I would achieve great things because I just knew it. I just had that, that faith in myself, if you will. But, you know, as far as advice, and what's funny is that I actually have a picture of myself, a little kid, like a three-year-old here. I was a little three-year-old next to my computer all the time. So whenever I'm talking to myself, I kind of talk to her. Oh, yeah, sweet. it's really, it's a cute little picture. So I just, it's like, I try to talk to her to remind myself, but as far as advice, I would say definitely keep going. I would, um, it's just keep going. Like you, I, I've done, I'm happy with my, with my journey and, you know, maybe you know, not care as much about what people think. Uh, that takes a long time to, um, to develop and strengthen. It's almost like a muscle. Like when you're, when you're a child, you're super weak and vulnerable to that exposure and that kind of, um, you know, it's just kids being kids, if you will, or insensitive way of kids are, but not listening to them, you know, forge your own way, dance to the beat of your own drum. Like, I love that. That's one of my favorite things because I just think you have to be your own person. And it's hard because when you're a kid, you really want to blend in. You don't want to stand out. And then as we get older, the last thing I want to do is blend in. I want to stand out. I want to be loud. I want to shine bright. And I want to encourage anybody just, you know, hold your ground, stand your truth, shine bright. Don't let anyone dull your sparkle, but keep going. Well, you know what, Erica, full disclosure, I always did think that you march to the beat of your own drum. You were always someone assertively very grounded in who you were and are. I always thought that you brought that energy to any interaction we ever had. There was always a really strong 
presence about who you are. So that has been really consistent throughout our lives. So I had to put that out there because I feel like you're still honoring that. You're still really anchored in who you are. Um, and that's who you've always been to me is a really almost borderline intimidating. And through the years, I like, there's this gentle energy that really, <laughs> is true. There's this beautiful, gentle energy that's actually come up through the years. Cause of course you've hosted our wonderful family multiple times. You've been a really strong connector for our families. And that's something, you know, my family, I've spoken to my parents about is, is how strong your connector <laughs> um, element has always been. So um, also offline, we talked a little bit about work-life balance and you are a huge, excuse, excuse me, me, life, life work, work balance. Yes, Let's put life, life in front yes. because life is more important than work. And, you know, like I, I get so frustrated. I'm sorry to cut you off. It's <laughs> okay. Go ahead. I'm so frustrated when people put this work-life balance, like since when are we putting work ahead of our own lives? So I, I will just respectfully correct you, life-work balance. <laughs> but yeah, big, big advocate. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Listen, I mean, honestly, I do remember us talking about this and that you specifically wanted to put life ahead of work and how that was frustrating for you. But I'm curious, though, because a lot of people do, let's be honest, prioritize work. I want to know why. And I don't think it has to do with marching to the beat of your own drum. I think it's something that you've chosen to design a life for yourself where you do choose to put life before work. So why that balance? Why is that? Why is that the priority? Well, first off, I have to say, I really love what I do. I mean, I believe that like being a mortgage agent was created so that one day when Erica Vincelli came into this world, <laughs> I would become a mortgage agent. Like I am, I love it. Um, I love numbers. I love real estate. I love helping people. I love kind of being creative with ways to help people, you know, build real estate portfolios and, and pay off debt and, and, you know, find the best, find the best products for them. So I really, really love my job. So I do want to say that I like, I love working and as somebody who works, you know, from home or wherever I am, but from home, um, I'm able to work and not work. So I do think it's important to separate, to put some boundaries there, you know, like, you know, you have a work time, but I'm also that person that, you know, my clients depend on me. And sometimes, sometimes people can feel like they're standing on the ledge. So I want to talk them down as quickly and reassure them as much as, as I can. So I just want to say like, I really, really love my job, but to be good at my job, to be the strength that my clients need, to be the um, leader within my team. Um, now I have a partner and we we are very connected, like her and I are partners, um, but I have a tendency of leading. I mean, I'm a pretty <laughs> leader type person. So to be that strength and that pillar for other people, my life has to be on point. My life has to be in defined successfully by how I want to define it. So I think that that's why it's so important to have the, the life work balance. Um, because what good are you if you're exhausted? What good are you if you're just running on fumes? What good are you if you're, and I work a lot. I've been a workaholic my whole life. I mean, I've worked extra shifts, long shifts, double shifts when I was working in, you know, as an employee, but without your best energy, you cannot be the best employee or, or entrepreneur or worker. So you need to have that balance. And I just think that without that, you know, you're just, you're going to run out of energy. You're going to run out of, you may run out of time. You know I mean? People could 
there's a whole thing in in overseas and Asian countries where they're just running themselves literally to death. And that is the <laughs> epitome of what I do not want to represent. So work hard and love your work, but make sure that you are putting yourself first because otherwise your your health is the only thing that matters. Your mm. health, our health is our truest currency. Health and time, in my opinion, is the truest currency. Money's a commodity. You can make money. I mean, I've made money, I've lost money, I've been I've been with no money, I've had money, I've been in all all categories. But at the end of the day, if your body's body and mind aren't strong, it's useless. Well, every episode I have, there's a goosebump moment and that was it for me is when you just said that um, when you have time and health, <laughs> you are wealthy, basically. Um, time and health are key. That that actually just mm-hmm. gave me the shivers, to be honest with you. I mean, you're right. I mean, you can you can make money whenever. And and this is what I find so interesting, Erica, is you know, reconciling. It's like a paradox, right? You wanna hustle, you wanna make sure you're living well and you're taking good care of yourself, your family. But then there's the other piece, which is, well, also there's a finite amount of time. And then how do you also take care of your health, both mental and physical? So it's this constant, you know, teeter tottering on both sides of like, you want to, like you just said, you've taken extra shifts, you've worked double time, you've been the hustler basically. But I I feel like with time, this is what I'm hearing is that it, some priorities really came to the forefront for you. And I'm seeing that or noticing that there's been like a really important shift. Can you talk Mm -hmm. about that shift and what happened to you to, to gain that awareness? Uh, it was actually, it's, a, it's like a specific moment, which is kind of rare because I think things just kind of lead up organically and, and evolve. But this was, I was in India. So Corey and I, Corey and I had been together for 12 years. And early on in our relationship, I want to say maybe year three, just, I was at the, still at the beginning of my business and he's an entrepreneur. And so it's very rare for two entrepreneurs to be able to go on this, like, you know, adventure of a lifetime. We went to India for a month. And being the, you know, female Canadian that I am, I was in line. It's going to be hard to kind of paint the picture because when I say I'm in line, like I'm picturing something else than what we would picture as Canadians, like a long lineup. But so I'm I'm in speaking to this person to buy a train ticket or a bus ticket. I can't remember now. And there was a young traveler um, behind me and waiting and just chilling out, not even being bothered, but being, you know, Canadian, maybe being a woman, I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You know, we're taking so long because in Canada, if you take a long time, people are behind there with their hands on their hip kind of, and I shouldn't generalize this, but in my experience, you know, they're just, you know, hands on their hip and like, come on, come on, come on, come on, because we always have to be somewhere. And so I look at him and I just had this facial expression like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he looks at me, he goes, I am rich with time. And I just went, like, that is a thing. (laughs) Like, that's a currency. And it was so powerful to me that I was like, oh my God, I want to be rich with time. And that's really how how I've been striving to live is, is, you know, I don't mind if I'm working at 10 o'clock at night, as long as it's on my terms. I don't mind if I'm doing things that need to be done. Um, You know, I put laundry to the next day if I could, (laughs) but you have to do the things that you need to do. So that moment changed a lot for me. And I just allowed the words to 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 resonate and like to settle in and and resonate with me into a way that I was like this is incredible and then you know health goes with it so that was really the moment that I that I changed my focus from trying to you know be quick and do things and to just being like mm-hmm. chill man like 
you're going to get there slow, slow. slow. Yeah. <laughs> and you put speed where things need to get sped up but but you know if you're if you're able to to go slower with something you know what that's why they say stop and smell the roses go slow amazing that okay so that there's another sort of pet Nora's box that you just opened there Erica is slow I have a book on my shelf and of course it's been sitting there but it's called slow the art of living slowly and how we are on this treadmill constantly in movement oh it's it's so I can't tell you what speed does it's such a toxic thing to be in all the time this fast moving fast pace you know you got to get the next thing done next thing done and this like need to be hyper productive and then to have that shift happen to you I feel is so powerful because you're reminded yes look time is finite that is a fact however it's how you use that time and how you really ensure that your life is rich because of what you're doing with that time and instead of squeezing in every amount of tasks that you can take the time to go slow it doesn't mean you're not productive mm-hmm. you know it, it so that's really that is really powerful mm-hmm. that's really powerful um so being mm-hmm. that we're talking about you know health as wealth um what as an entrepreneur and as a woman truly what do you do to ensure you're taking good care of yourself that your self-care is on point for you well that's a moving target sometimes <laughs> it depends on the week but i've been really good lately so i i really really love working out um i also know that my motivation i have the motivation i don't have the discipline and so i've actually realize this, you know, you, you have to know, you have to know yourself. And I know that I have the ability to work out. I know that I just don't have the motivation or, or I don't know what the discipline to get up and do it on my own. So I hired a personal trainer and that has been a godsend because I hurt my shoulder, um, last, just before last Christmas. And when you have an injury, you're so hypersensitive to not hurt it over and over again that you just do nothing. And so hiring her allowed me to do the workouts and, but be very careful. And she was very um, gentle and slow with me, like with recovery. And I remember the day that I graduated from three pounds to five pounds, I was so excited because you don't think, I mean, I'm a strong woman and like I can, you know, my Corey jokes, I can lift a, lift a couch over my head, but I couldn't put, you know, five pound weights in my arm. So, um, anyway, so I, I had to be really careful. So that was just a really exciting moment where I was able to see progress. So doing that, um, I'm, like I like doing, I like the idea of doing all these things and then I have to find, really, really make the space for it. So, you know, I've been reading, um, I've been doing this 15 minutes a day, but that was actually a challenge that I did to myself publicly on one of my uh, my socials. I actually went right online and said, I need accountability. So I'm going to do a goal or a habit every single month. And I, so I've been coming online and doing it publicly, which has made me, forced me to be accountable. Um, and my partner is has a really, really good mind space. He's, he is, you know, from where he's been to where he is now, he's really put himself and we're a constant work in progress, right? So when I say I do this, it's like, I could have maybe not done it six months ago and I might not do it in six months, but I'm working really hard right now. But because he has a very positive mindset and because he works on himself constantly, that it, 
it's a lot easier for me to find the time and find the space for it. So we've done fasting, we've done, um, I really like walks. One thing I've been doing, especially in the summer back in Canada is Ruthie and I go for like 10,000 steps before my workout at 7 a.m. So like 5.30, waking up, taking her for the walk. Um, so it's just, all it is is just keeping my body in motion. As long as my body is in motion, I'm happy. My body's in motion and my mind is working. So reading some books and even if it's, doesn't have to, I, I'm not a long reader. Like I can read a chapter. And, and so again, I know myself, I know myself well enough to say, this is what I'm capable of doing right now. Read the book. Um, but I love the walking and the podcast, like your podcast. I listen to in the morning. I have some other, um, spiritual and what are they? Professional development and personal development ones. I just finished reading the book. What's it called? Think and grow rich simultaneously with, um, listening to Napoleon Hill speak. He had this speech that he, he gave, I mean, obviously a very long time ago, <laughs> obviously. And um, I've been listening to that one because it's just trying to strengthen the power of the subconscious mind. So that's what I've been focusing on now. So there's always something I'm working on, but right now it's mostly subconscious mind. So keep your body in motion and keep your mind active. As long as you're doing that, whatever it is, you got to keep moving. Love that. Love that. There's so much power in that and movement. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of movement too. And I love hearing how you're also a huge fan of spiritual content period, which I, I, I've learned to love later in life as well. Um, question for you. Do you meditate on the regular? Not on the regular. Um, I have a very, I, I run very, very high. Like I am always with a lot of energy. I don't nap. I don't sleep much. I mean, I sleep when I sleep, I sleep hard, but I tried so hard and I believe in it. So I know the half of it's there, but definitely not on the regular. I can't claim to do that. Um, I would love to be the person that says she does. Um, but I, and I, for me, because I know how I run, I have to start small. So if I do meditation, it's usually like five minutes, but a lot of times it's actually just deep breathing because, you know, meditation for everybody is a little bit different. And one of the books that I was reading with, you know, the power of the subconscious mind that I've just been absolutely in love with, it talks about speaking your subconscious at night and in the morning. So I've been doing a lot of that. And, but during the day I do a lot of like, I try to regulate my breathing. And so I think that that's my form of meditation without it me, you know, sitting cross-legged with my, with my thumb and my middle fingers on my knees and, and doing that kind of stuff. I'm also, I learned this recently, even though I'm a visual learner, I have trouble visualizing my good, good friend of mine. She's a uh, early childhood educator and she has a tutoring company. And I always said, I'm like, I can't like picture it. Like my, my mind works in numbers and patterns, but I don't visualize like you know when you see your future and you see all these things and so she was explaining to me that I just probably don't have that ability so I I found before I learned that it gave me I was kind of frustrated that I wasn't able to do meditation but then again now learning more about myself I learned that visualization is not my strong suit so but breathing is you know doing the deep inhalation hold exhalation that side of stuff so I guess my form of meditation is a little bit different than the status quo, but. So there's a few things there to unpack. First of all, I love that you're really self-aware enough to know that the standard stereotypical meditation with, you know, sitting cross-legged and, and 
that's not for you. But uh, a good friend of mine who's actually, she got certified um, in meditation and she's a coach, a fellow coach. She's a wonderful person. Moran, shout out. Um, she taught me that meditation is exactly as you just defined it specific for everyone. So you can have a meditative walk, you can have a meditative shower, you can have a meditative workout. Meditation means something different for everyone. So as long as there's an element of groundedness where there's breath, um, you're anchored, your feet are on the ground, you're planted firmly in the earth, that really truly is what meditation is and what it looks like and the movement component or non-movement component is really different for everyone. So I appreciate that piece. There's something that is really interesting to me is, and you know, the universe has this really awesome, and now we're getting really spiritual, but the universe has been really telling me lately about visualization. And I can't believe you just went down the visualization path. For some reason, visualizing has been prompting me nonstop lately. (laughs) And I can't believe you just brought that up and you're difficulty with visualization. Um, Because I think that's a common struggle. You're not alone. There's a common humanity piece there where a lot of people struggle with their vision because sometimes it's for some people, it's clear as day. For other people, the vision changes. For Mm -hmm. other people, it's blurry. Um, Some other people have multiple visions. So it's interesting to hear you say that you struggle with that because you're not alone. I think, and I've been, every podcast I listen to, every documentary Mm -hmm. I watch lately, visualization has been coming up nonstop. So I don't know if the universe is trying to tell me something, but um, that's really interesting. So then being that you have a hard time with visualization, yet here you are, um, entrepreneur, really strong individual that you are, you are still maintaining a really powerful, you know, reality for yourself. So there you go. So maybe you are good at visualization. You just don't know that you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I never really like, you know, all the things that I do now. So some of, I mean, as you know, some of the crazy things that I do is I've lived on a boat and I, I live in Mexico part of the year. And, um, those were ironically things that I saw as a child that I wanted to do. I always wanted to do this. So I don't know if I visualized myself like in a, in a meditative manner to say like, this is where I want to go. But it's, it's like when I was a kid, I just, I thought it'd be cool to live on a boat. And then there it go. I lived on a boat for a few seasons. And then I always pictured myself living down south because I'm just a sun baby. I, although now I'm like completely in the shade all the time. <laughs> I'm in the sun quite a bit. <laughs> Woohoo, you know, hashtag blessed. Um, but I try to, um, so I, like I, I saw that those were things that I was going to do, even me being, you know, successful by definition, by traditional definition um, in my business. I remember early on, I said to Corey, I said to anybody, I said, I'm going to be successful. I just, I have to get there, <laughs> you know, so I didn't picture myself. I didn't visualize myself successful. I just knew I was going to get there. And I just had to wait to get there, <laughs> you know, and uh, I have this fun saying that I say like time, time heals all or time, time is all, but time needs time too. And so it helps me when I'm, you know, struggling with something because everything will come when it comes in, in its organic and exact state that it needs to. Um, so I didn't visualize myself living this great life. I just always knew I was going to have a great life. 
and that's that to me is enough so Corey's a big visualization person and he can see he can see well into the future so i just kind of hang on to those <laughs> visualizations and i'm like don't worry babe, we'll we'll get there together <laughs> so listen it takes a village at the end of the day we all sort of fill in gaps where the other might be missing a piece and that's you know it really is a community i mean you mentioned your partner um he, it's it's to me i feel like we we cannot thrive alone there. And I, I really appreciate you, you know, giving kudos. There's a, you gave a kudos moment on your social um, just recently, which I really deeply appreciated when I hear entrepreneurs sort of, you know, calling out in a really positive way, people that have helped them along the way and have bolstered them. Um, I really do appreciate that, especially, you know, uh, especially woman to woman, we got to really lift ourselves up, you know, and I, I'm thinking of how I was reading somewhere where we're going to close the wage gap only in 130 years if we keep going at the rate we're going. And I, Erica, I was so alarmed by that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, pretty scary stuff. And well, women don't push. Yes, yes, we don't push. Sorry. Yeah, I don't I don't find that women um, and not to we don't push enough, you know, it's like, sometimes we're grateful just to have a job. Well, you should be asking for more money because like my first career, I've had one, one office job. Okay. Cause I was, uh, I was a lifelong, I love waitressing. I was waitress for many, many, many years. And I loved it. I got into this corporate type job and then now I've been a mortgage agent for, you know, 12, 13 years. And they accidentally sent me the pay stub of a colleague of mine who was a man. Uh, and, in a junior, more junior position than me. And he was making more than I was at his role. And I was like, and I saw it and they're like, oh, this was a mistake. You shouldn't. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to unsee this stuff. And I saw that he was making, he had made more than me. And I thought like, you know, and I feel like I kind of worked for somebody who was not exactly, um, well, let's just leave it at that. I just know that there was obviously a wage gap issue. I mean, the only way, in my opinion, to close the gap is for women to have the um, courage to branch off, believe in themselves and go independent in many businesses. And there's nothing wrong with being an employee. Okay. There's nothing wrong with being an employee. But the reason I know that I know that in my industry, I'm able to make as much money as I want. Now, not that money is the most important thing, but obviously it is a very important thing. So I'm able to make whatever money I want based on how hard I work, not because somebody has given me a certain number, which may or may not be reflective of my true skills. And that's, that is true power to me. Um, you know, if I don't work hard, then I don't make money. And this is a mindset that I received when I was waitressing, you know, the harder I work, the more money I make. And it always averages out because you can work really, really hard for one table and you can give them the best service and everything and they still just leave you a crappy tip. And it's maybe just because that's how they are, that maybe it's only what their budget is or maybe they just don't know, or maybe they just, that's what they do and that's fine. And then you can do, you know, a half-assed job with somebody else and make a double the tip. So it always averages out. So I do believe that as well. Um, but truly I was, I made, I've always made more than men. I've, I've always made more than the average man, I should say, um, because I've been in businesses and industries, except for that short time that I was in this, this you know, as an employee with this company. Um, I've always made more because I've always worked, hustled hard, worked hard and knew that the there was no glass ceiling. I just, you know, punched right through it and kept going. Love that. But I have to thank a lot of the female independent agents before me who 
you know, have laid a lot of the groundwork, laid a foundation. And, um, you know, I really appreciate those pioneers, people that I work with, some of my, my employers, like they're amazing. So, but yeah, you want to close the gap, go independent. That'll, then it's not even non-issue. <laughs> That's that, that really lands. And I have to thank you for that because I think, and, and you, you know, you make a great point where when you're privy to, <laughs> a colleague or someone who you feel is your equal and is earning more that, and I'm sure that was a shift. That was a moment that was probably really pivotal for you as well, where the realization is, okay, gotta, gotta forge my own path. Gotta, you know, if, if doors are slamming shut, you build your own door, you build your own house and you open that door, you open all the doors you want to open for yourself. So, um, that's really powerful. And I, you know, I think we have to keep talking about making sure that women feel comfortable enough to ask for more. And I think therein lies the root of the problem is we don't tend to ask for more, even an offer. When an offer is on the table, um, we don't tend to push for more. We will take it because, oh, wow, I'm just lucky to have this. And there's a overly apologetic piece that comes up as well. And you know, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to, you know, and I've actually, Eric, and I thought about you, I've shifted how I write emails as well. Instead of apologize, sorry, or thank you for your patience, you know, just shifting even the jargon that we use is so powerful. Um, but there's a lot that that's probably its own. Oh, that's problem. right. Cause I sent you that email. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that a lot. Change, change our, change our language. Like, why are we apologizing? And I saw something on LinkedIn and I took a screenshot of it because it was like a sentence and then another sentence that they would write instead of, and like, where, why are we always apologizing? Why are we always, you know, trying to fit other people's, you know, allow other people to take the space that we should be commanding. So if you are an employee and you feel that you're not being, and especially now, I mean, now more than ever, employers have to be very aware that you have more power than you believe you do. Like an employee has a lot more power than they, you know, if you're being forced to go back into the office now, I don't have your bills. I don't pay your mortgage. And I, I, I respect that. But, you know, for women who are struggling and taking two, three jobs just to make ends meet, you know, like go back to your employee and if they can't, then find somebody who will. And yes, it's always easier said than done. I know, no, there's always going to be, you know, elements of, of where you can and can't push that. But like, what's the harm in asking? I'm a big, I ask all the time. I ask people questions. I like, what is the harm? What they're going to say no. And sometimes people are like, Erica, like, what are you asking that? I'm like, well, they can say no. Like, what's the, why am I not allowed to ask? Why am I being told shush when all I'm doing is asking a question? So, you know, if the question is your livelihood, then you have as much right as anybody else to ask for more money. And if they can't give it to you, but at least you asked you know, and you understand, okay, how can I get to this amount of money? How can I increase my income? What do I have to do to, to get to the next level? Ask the questions, because if you're idle, then you're not going to go anywhere. And I mean, no disrespect by that, but if you don't ask, you don't get period. That's so interesting. So I'm always wondering when you're in a position of power, the way you are, because you are right. You're dealing with people's livelihood, their, their homes, um, have you ever been in a position where you've been told, you know, there's a, there's a dream, but there's a gap between the dream and what realistically they can, they can move forward with based on their reality. I mean, how, how would you even approach a subject like that? Oh. It, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's happened. 
And, you know, these are spaces that are really fragile, but important, <laughs> right? So I'm just curious how you would deal with something like that with a client that would approach you with, with something like that. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be, I've, I've definitely played therapist uh, many times in my business and I'm grateful to do it too. I mean, if people feel that they feel safe enough to, to be vulnerable with me, then I feel like I'm doing a good job, right? Because I do want to create a safe place for people to like, tell me everything and then we'll figure out a plan to get to where we need to go. I mean, a question like that would be hard to answer because it, it, there's always, it's out of context, right? Like I need to know more about what they do and where can they go? So, you know, if they weren't, if they were in a situation right now where they couldn't make enough money, I mean, it would also take time to start earning more money and depends how much money, more money they need. So if they were really wanting to get in the housing market right now, the one thing I would suggest is like, let's look at a co-signer, you know, get the help that you need right now, but play, still pay a mortgage within your budget. Don't go outside your budget um, because just because you can afford more doesn't mean you should be getting more, you know? Um, and then, you know, at the end of the day is what type of job are you doing and, you know, where can you find to make more money? It's not easy for them to go out and just get another job and then we use that income because with certain types of income we may need history like you know if it's part-time variable hours we need a two-year history so to go out and get another job doesn't really solve the problem but you know i have told people i said go and ask for a raise <laughs> like go and ask say i'm trying to get a mortgage like i need more money and and you know it's not it doesn't always happen it doesn't always work but again what's the harm in asking and the, you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease and it's like that for a reason so the more noise you make the more space you take up the more times you ask and you know sometimes maybe you'll just get a raise because they don't want to hear you talk anymore <laughs> whatever whatever it is um but we would look at the whole big picture like what is it about your file is restricting you from being able to get a home at this time and where can we find um mm. assistance you know so that kind of stuff that is so interesting and simple yet powerful is go out there and ask i mean you just won't know until you ask right it's it's <laughs> Just a matter of courage. So interesting. Erica, thank you. I mean, there's there's so many directions we can go down. I feel like we can open up so many more different rabbit holes. Like, I, I, please come back on the podcast. I mean, I, I have a thousand other follow-up questions, but I know you're a busy person and I want to just, I want to plug where people can find you. So online, where can people go and find Erica Vincelli? Um, so it's Erica Vincelli Mortgage Agent. Uh, you can do ericavincellimortgage.ca. That's my website. Um, you know, you can email me, Erica, ericavincellimortgage.ca. And, um, you know, I answer my phone. I'm on the phone a lot, so I tend not to answer when I'm on the phone, but I pick up my phone. I answer my emails really. I always find it so crazy because people are like, wow, thanks for replying so fast. And I'm like, doesn't reply quickly to these important emails but so i reply to emails i answer my phone i've got a team it's yeah it's a, it's insane um i'm just really really grateful that i've had this opportunity to be here with you thank you so much i know this was i i had no interest in trying to plug my business um i just want to try and help as many entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs to live their best life and you know shine bright take up space be loud i don't care if it's you know one thing about women, I'm going to turn back to this. One thing about being a woman and being an entrepreneur and being in business is that our fear of being criticized. And it's amazing how the same 
attitude or the same energy or the same reaction from a man versus a woman would create a different definition of that. You know, you're either this, a man is strong and a woman is whiny. A man is assertive and a woman is bitchy. Like let's change this language and, and start. And I don't care if someone says those things about me, like next, <laughs> you know, like get out of my way. Cause I am on a trajectory of going uphill. Um, you know, so, so I'm, I appreciate you allowing me to, to share my, my information. Uh, but really, truly, I just want to encourage as many women and as many entrepreneurs just to, to live their best life. I can unequivocally tell you that you achieved that today. And I really, I absolutely onward and upward. Erica, you're so <laughs> inspirational. Thank you so much for being on The Anxious Millennial. Come back. I think we have a lot more to unpack. It'd be an honor to have you again. So, all right. Sending you virtual hugs because we're far, but thank you again. Absolutely love to. Love you. <laughs> love you because <laughs> take care cousin take care and love you cousin thank you so much to my wonderful guest erica vincelli for being on the podcast i hope that revved you up a little bit sort of pushed you to go past the boundaries you've set for yourself and push the envelope and take a couple of risks this week even though they may feel small to you might make quite the difference in the grand scheme of things so thank you as per usual for tuning in. I appreciate you, my listeners so much, wishing you a wonderful week ahead and I will talk to you soon. Bye. The Anxious Millennial Podcast is written, produced and edited by me, Alexandra Vincelli. Thanks for tuning in.